0: to Yes Indeed Pod, a podcast about indie tabletop roleplaying games, where I interview creators about their games and inspirations, and about the theory, process and practice of game design. My name is Mark Shepard, your host today and always, and your friendly local indie enthusiast. This week I'm talking to Munro, a non-binary POC, traditional artist and freelance TTRPG writer who's relatively new to the scene, but whose cosy, cute and wholesome games are making a real splash. One more thing before we start the episode, the audio quality in this interview is a little bit ropey. And I apologize for that. Now that's out of my head and into yours, let's talk indie. Today we're talking to Monroe. Hi there. Hello. Would you like to take a minute to introduce yourself and let us know what you do in the indie tabletop role playing game scene?
1: Of course. I am Monroe Soto. My pronouns are they, them, or he, him, and I am a writer game designer and freelance artist in the tabletop community, relatively new. So it's really cool and I enjoy it a lot.
0: Well, we like to introduce new people. It's good to have uh, newbies on the show just as much as it's good to have the old guard, as it were. So welcome, (laughs) welcome. And um, it's great to have you in the scene because having seen your stuff, I think it's really exciting. The game I'd like to talk about today is the one that I won in a giveaway.
1: (laughs) You did. That's right. Yeah,
0: All those months ago. Yeah. Which is Candied Violets. Would you like to give us a little bit of an elevator pitch about what that game is?
1: Quite simply, it's the Great British Bake Off, but you play as cute woodland animals and your judges are also woodland animals.
0: Well, that's cute. You know, what could be nicer or more wholesome?
1: (laughs) Right. You just make yourself a cup of tea, get some snacks and bake.
0: Bake, bake sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean uh, it's 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 fairly small. It's it's pretty short in terms of rules. Uh, I think mean, that's really nice. Do you want to tell us a little bit more? We know who the characters are, but what do they look like mechanically, as it were? I mean, it's a, <laughs> it's kind of a loose word when we're talking about such a freeform game. But
1: yeah, and I kind of I designed it that way, half on purpose and half on accident. It being my first game, right? And a lot of the mechanics came from the help of my editor, Jeff Pack, on Twitter. Obviously, being my first game, I didn't know what really classified having very little prior knowledge of the basics of Dungeons & Dragons and Pathfinder and that being my main source into Tabletop. Right, yeah. And this being obviously quite the opposite of being very short and simple and cute. Yeah. Which made it really easy and somewhat difficult (laughs) to write, (laughs) but I just like to keep it simple of, well, what are the most important things to remember when you're baking? And that is your ingredients, your time, and um, just knowing what you're doing.
0: Yeah, having the skill to do it. And like, actually, a lot of that is, I don't know, there's a lot to be said, the the drawing parallels there with playing role playing games in general, you know, (laughs) you're supposed to know what you're doing, Uh, you're supposed to do it in a timely fashion, and um, you need the right ingredients to begin with. So it's kind of interesting how there's that parallel as well. It's a very simple game in terms of mechanics but I think it it brings out some really nice narratives that you have here as well. Do you have any sort of not just media touchstones, but uh, other games that kind of led to to this one. Are there any are there anything out there that you think looks vaguely similar?
1: My first panel ever was on Utopia, right. It was a food panel, funnily enough, which is why I was on there. and we talked about obviously the cultural and the familial importance of food, and that was something that was important to me, which is another reason why I kept things so open. There are the three rounds, and you get to choose what you bake, and that was something I wanted to keep open because, obviously, I don't know what is culturally important to some people and what's not, or we know what's simple versus just a regular cake versus for me which would be like tamales or something like that so it was just i think more real world based than anything i've personally come across
0: right yeah i think it's interesting that you you know you mentioned the the cultural touchstones there but like this game doesn't necessarily give you those touchstones within the text or or even the images you know there's there's plenty of different things spread throughout it which might make you think of different cultures
1: The nice thing about the way I laid out the game, even without thinking about it, is just how open to interpretation I made it.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, the one important rule is you really don't lose unless you set everything on fire and burn it all down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much true of the Great British Bake Off as well. So, you know, you have made it true to form. (laughs) I think it's really nice. I like how the the judges are woodland animals as well as you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it would be odd if there were just random humans.
0: Yeah, it it would. (laughs) Now, I know at least one person who's based a game on this same set of principles, uh, which is our mutual friend Basilisk Online. Who made this game into a kobold cookery, yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. I, I yeah. love it. It's Which is so a really good. fun game. And it's but it's a lot more intense than uh and mechanically complicated than what you've put here. And I think like yeah. the simplicity and the kind of chillness of this game is really is really in keeping with what I think you want to get across. So, you know, I, I think it's really nice. Kudos to you. Thank you. Have you have you got any more games on the cards at the moment? Or you got anything else that is uh upcoming that you might want to talk about?
1: The game I also have out, it's not so much of a game as a self care through journaling called sapling where you get to grow a plant based on how well you do doing right. chores and getting them done.
0: Ah, you see I kind of love these journaling self care games.
1: <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was just something I had the idea for. I was like, hmm, yeah, I guess that's my theme is wholesome wholesome
0: <laughs> wholesome is a good theme I feel like there's loads of theme. sort of self-care rituals and things like that on on itch.io at the moment there's a sort of, of a rippling under the surface of the scene where actually there's loads of like really cool things going on like when you flick through the physical games category of itch.io and you get all these things come up like this is a ritual this is a solips tree this you know coming up with all yeah. these things that, which which don't say game but it, it kind of is you know it's it's a, a ludonarrative artifact as my friend Georgie bats would say I think it's really interesting that there's all these kind of things which are basically games but also basically not quite and that's fascinating i'm I'm, I'm interested to know how your journaling game works if you would like to take a minute to tell us?
1: It's very simple. You make a to-do list, and it could be for whatever amount of time you want it to be. It could be just a daily thing. It could be a weekly, monthly thing. And
0: you can do right. things
1: like, remember to drink your water, take your medications, eat, or just any chores you need to do.
0: Yeah, I need this in my life, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you journal your process by growing a plant, by drawing everything you do that you check off. You add a sapling, add a sprout, a leaf a flower.
0: Okay, that sounds brilliant. I really like the sound yeah, of that. Yeah, and if
1: you don't complete it, the growth just stops and it just stays there until you complete everything. So <laughs> it kind of goes into like the way my brain processes is something won't finish unless you do.
0: Absolutely. I would feel sad to see my plant had not, you know, grown any further than it had done. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really lovely. How are you finding the, the process of making and publishing games oh
1: i love it i love it so much that i forget to take breaks and then my wrists hurt afterwards but it's great
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely
1: <laughs> and um i mean i have a couple other projects unfortunately they've been put on the back burner until i have the creative energy because i did move two months ago to another state and i've been ugh, dealing with the chaos of that and finding a job and getting settled but I do have two games that I'm excited to work on. One of them was, apart from The Wholesome, was supposed to be a horror game that was supposed to be out in October. But horror is all year round, so I'm not too upset about that.
0: Everyone likes horror all the rest of the year, too.
1: Yeah, so it's not so wholesome, but... um It involves plants, so it's wholesome to me. It's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like plants are a big part of your aesthetic as well, and woodlands. It
1: definitely is, especially considering my other game is about bees.
0: Bees. This Mm -hmm. is another thing. I am, like, tangentially involved in quite a few different things and like here and there i just hear people talking about making games about bees it's becoming a weird coincidence now that (laughs) you are uh, maybe the third person to i've heard from this week who's making a game about bees i think that's really interesting what is it about bees that you feel lends itself to gameplay
1: i just love bees I don't know if it's the bees, no, it is the bees themselves. It's more the bees themselves than the actual mechanics of games. Right. I love plants, and I love nature, and that's just a big thing, a big part of my aesthetic. What my game is supposed to be is you play as bees, and you're trying to collect pollen, as much pollen as you can, to bring back to the hive.
0: Nice. I mean, it sounds lovely.
1: Yeah, because I made a post, this was a while back, asking people what their favorite flower was, because each flower is worth a different amount of pollen. I'm still working right. on the logistics of the mechanics, exactly. But uh-huh,
0: yeah, but well, it sounds really cool.
1: Yeah, I just, obviously we see all these big action games and all these big games. I just want to make things that are short. I might possibly work on larger projects in the future.
0: We're kind of on the same page there. I really like short games. When I make my own games, they tend to be sub 10 pages, just because I think that's a nice length for something that you can pick up and play in an afternoon or an evening. I kind of like that more than having to sit down for hours at a time and try to understand how a game system works before you even get to play it with other people. I think probably other people disagree with me on this, but to me, trying to learn how to play a game is not play, so it's not fun. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's for sure a double-edged sword. And I also think for me, it's a lot of the people I'm around, family and friends, aren't really into the scene. Right. So I think it's a nice way to help introduce people with shorter games getting the general gist of what role playing is and how yeah absolutely and i think that's part of my influence too because not everyone can get into something that you have a big rule book that's over 100 pages long
0: yeah at the minimum you know yeah (laughs) you mentioned pathfinder earlier i think that's a 700 page rule book as the first edition
1: yeah it is (laughs) i think it's hefty
0: Like, the games I've enjoyed the most over the last couple of years, which is when I've sort of come out of my role-playing game shell, to put it in a very flowery and sort of cliched way, are short games. I'm thinking primarily of Maria Meissen- who's written a game called Archangel Dating Simulator, which is, I don't know, it's fewer than a thousand words in total. And it's spread over about 12 really nicely laid out pages. And I've just had an absolute blast playing that game. I'm definitely more into short games at the moment. I just find them a lot more fun.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's what we, general we need is more options because again, not everyone has the same playing style or can have the focus to play long, lengthy campaigns of something. So it's nice to have a little bit of extra flavor here and there, some diversity in the game lengths, because, yeah, there's several people I know who I've tried to get into games, and they just don't have the attention span or don't have the interest in what we're doing to continue. And it's hard in those lengthy games sometimes to do a one-shot, but those one-shots being several hours long.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like what you've done with Candied Violets is make a game that you can play in a cup of tea's length, you know, which is really nice. That's just like a nice length for a game for me. (laughs) It's sort of the length of a kind of a a card game, you know, or uh, just a little board game that you can play. But instead of having to find anything fancy, you just have something printed possibly and just have a conversation. And that to me is what role playing games are. They're not about dice. I mean, they are about dice. This is about a conversation between people. I think that's a thing that sometimes gets forgotten in the process of game design is that fundamentally, a role-playing game should be about a conversation. Yeah, Yeah, I always like games that centre that rather than centering complex, crunchy mechanics.
1: Yeah, the current campaign-esque game that I'm trying to get some family into is Quest because it is more role-playing based than battle or combat and i think that's something i'm usually in the mood for more as well is the role-playing aspect because as much as it's fun to just hit things
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) sometimes you just want to relax and not be yourself and just have fun with it in a way that's not super stressful
0: i think you're totally on the point there yeah i'm hearing a lot about quest and i'm hearing a lot that it's a nice alternative to dungeons and dragons and pathfinder to hear that it focuses more on role-playing than on crunchy mechanics is kind of music to my ears, should we say. So perhaps I'll look into it more.
1: It's pretty nice. And the art style in the book is pretty nice. I really like it. Like everything mechanically yeah. is set in stone. Every weapon attack uses two points of damage. Everyone starts with about the same hit points and it stays that way. So yeah, it's right. very focused on... The adventure and the, que- the quest campaign I'm doing is based on Hell's Moving Castles.
0: Oh, well, lovely. Yeah.
1: It just made the most sense because while magic is very important and I love fantasy and magical worlds, I don't want it to just be crunchy combat. I want it to be fun magic.
0: I mean, that sounds like the kind of level of system that I could get to grips with. One of my favorite games uh, in the past has been Tiny Dungeon, which mm-hmm. is really simple. Yeah. That's just a 2D6 game. The mechanics of the character building are very simple and everybody kind of has the same amount of HP. It's pretty, pretty easy. You either hit or don't hit in combat. It's kind of a lot easier to play than even the description makes it sound and, and even the rules make it sound. It's a, just a really nice system. I just want to shout out to uh, the makers of Tiny Dungeon that they have made a cool game there. <laughs> I really like all of those you know Studio Ghibli films like Howl's Moving Castle and somebody was talking about um, The Cat Returns earlier in terms of it being a a kind of ideal fantasy role-playing game setting I love them so much and there are some really nice anime games out there have you have you tried some of them they're really wholesome
1: oh i think i have a few on my wish list
0: i think most people's wish list has rio on it oh yeah yeah it does and golden sky stories as well is, uh, is another one i hear mentioned frequently
1: oh there's a few others i saw that i can't think of their names off the top of my head
0: It's a really nice sort of style someone mentioned heroin to me no somebody didn't mention heroin to me sorry i oh. heard it on one shot <laughs> and it's a really nice system for that style of game as well where the, the protagonist uh has a a lot of agency over the world that they're exploring uh it's really nice those kind of games i'm really down with and they feel very much like they're a match your brand
1: <laughs> uh, like my aesthetic is in games i definitely like stardew valley and animal crossing if only i had a switch the meatiest kind of games that i've been interested in lately would be like hades i see all my friends streaming hades and it looks like so much fun and the art is gorgeous
0: Some of my friends at the moment are playing through Spiritfarer, which is also very cute and um, kind of epically sad as well. I
1: think that was one of the other (laughs) ones I was thinking about. Thank you. I think that was another one that I have on my wish list that looks so gorgeous. I love that art style so much.
0: There's a short hike as well, which was in the Indie Mega Bundle. It's the only computer game that I've played through to completion in about the last decade. Um, (laughs) And I really enjoyed that. And that's really cute as well. So, So, yeah. Oh, that was a nice exploration of cute and wholesome games there. And I encourage everybody to go and check those out, but also to check out Monroe Soto's games because they are super cool.
1: And they are a lot of fun to make. And I hope to be making more <laughs> a lot soon. Yeah. Aside from those other two. I yeah. have a project that my editor and I have been talking about that is based on Candy Pilots. We both have life stuff going on right now, so I don't know when we'll be start working on that. But that's another fun thing. But aside from those, yeah, three projects, I don't have any ideas <laughs> lately.
0: Ah, uh, well, you know, stick around in the indie scene and you'll always get a dearth of ideas because other people will just make you think of things. Oh,
1: for sure. <laughs> I know I've already had a couple friends being like, I don't yeah. have the money to do this thing now, but would you like to work on it in the future when I do? And I'm just like, please, please, oh, I would so love nice. to.
0: I'm really pleased that you're have that you working with an editor as well, that you have kind of signed on to this editor-author relationship from the start. That's really interesting, because I feel like a lot of indie designers maybe don't do that, and I feel like it's so important and so valid. So
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't edit my second... I didn't edit sapling. That was a personal thing that I just wanted to get done. Uh-huh. But yeah, of course, with needed the help with my first game, needing mechanics. But I also have several other friends who are wonderful editors that I would like to work with at some point. But for sure, I have my key people that i want to go to in times of need
0: (laughs) it's really nice to build up those relationships because then you can call upon them when you want to produce a cool project
1: oh no it's just that speaking of people to call upon i think that's another thing i've enjoyed like i didn't get onto twitter even planning to get into tabletop really this wasn't Somewhere I expected myself to go, it just sort of happened because I followed a few cool people and some of them followed me because I was like, hey, I'm starting my first D&D campaign and I got all these thumbs thumbs ups and it was really nice. And I've had several mutuals for a long time. And so it's just been nice to build this camaraderie with some of my closer friends and it's nice it's really nice i i really enjoy the people who i've worked with or am planning on working with and it's just really fun and nice to be where i am
0: i feel like twitter gets a lot of bad reputation for just being a place where people go to yell at each other but for me especially i feel like i have this big network of people who are encouraging happy to share their experiences and to help out and you know just to kind of push the envelope on indie a little bit and and make games better for people i really like that and it's definitely your experience speaks the same thing to me as well so yeah for sure. it's just nice
1: <laughs> it's just nice but yeah it's yeah. not always
0: awful sometimes twitter is nice too and that's take home message from today
1: <laughs> i approve this message <laughs>
0: With that in mind, would you like to tell us where we can find you on the internet?
1: Y'all can find me on Twitter at monroero98coffee slash monroero and itch
0: Well, there you go. I really, honestly encourage everybody to, at the very least, follow monroero because they're a cool person, and I very much like your games. uh, And I will have a look for sapling later today. So thank you for telling me about that because that could make a huge difference to my life
1: well thank you for asking about
0: it <laughs> hey no worries i think all that's left for me to say is uh thank you very much for coming on yes indeed pod and i'd love to have you back again uh, in the future if you have any more cool games to tell us about
1: thank you for having me as an introvert i actually weirdly really enjoy this part
0: oh well that's good you know <laughs> i'm pleased to hear yeah that. well thank you very much again and uh yeah goodbye for now
1: Thank you, and bye. Have a good rest of your evening, because, yeah, it's night time for you.
0: Thanks for listening, and thanks again to Munro for the interview. As always, you can find all of the links in the episode description. In two weeks, I'll be talking to Mitchell Salmon, a freelance writer and TTRPG designer, about his game A Modern Prometheus, a gothic horror role-playing game for two players based on the Mobile Frame Zero Firebrands framework by D. Vincent Baker and Megway Baker. Tune in again in two weeks to find out more. This week, my new friend John Harness asked me to promote Knucklebone Magazine, which is a new digital publication featuring tabletop roleplaying game reviews and commentary. Writers and designers from across the roleplaying game landscape discuss new games, spotlight lesser known and forgotten game design trends, and give you an insight into the wider world of roleplaying games. Check out Knucklebone Magazine right now at knucklebonemag.itch.io. And if you, yes you, are interested in writing for Knucklebone, and getting paid for it, then pitch an essay idea to knucklebonemag at gmail.com or visit the magazine's itch.io page for more details. Once again, that's knucklebonemag.itch.io. If you enjoy Yes Indeed Pod, please rate and review the show wherever you find your podcasts, or consider donating through the Ko-Fi page at ko-fi.com slash yesindeedpod. Of course, you can always reach out to me through Twitter at yesindeedpod, that's Y-E-S-I-N-D-I-E-D-P-O-D. I'd love dearly to hear from you. Lastly, music credits. All music is from BitQuest by Kevin MacLeod of incompetech.com and filmmusic.io. Thanks, Kevin. Until next time, remember, does Indy need you? Yes, indeed.